This Sunday, we continue to reflect on the meaning of the resurrection. This fourth Sunday of Easter, which is also called Good Shepherd Sunday. It's called that because we celebrate the risen Lord as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. The priest in charge of a parish is called pastor because pastor means shepherd of Christ's sheep. And as a shepherd, he leads, feeds, nurtures, comforts, corrects, and protects Christ's sheep in his parish. The earliest Christians saw Jesus as the fulfillment of the ancient Jewish dream of a good shepherd. They also wished to include the Gentiles as part of God's flock. For many of us, the mention of sheep conjures up the image of maybe a warm wool coat in the wintertime, maybe a nice meal of lamb chops or leg of lamb, or maybe we call to mind the image of the nursery rhyme, Mary had a little lamb, or some of us older people from our youth, we had the hand puppet on TV called Lamb Chop. <laughs> but very few of us regard sheep as familiar companions. So therefore, we might not appreciate the depths of intimacy captured in Jesus' declaration, I am the Good Shepherd. The image of the Good Shepherd evokes feelings of mutual knowledge, trust, and personal care with regard to the risen Jesus. He is the way by which we find safety and direction in our lives. The image of the flock elicits thoughts of the community formed by Jesus' death and resurrection. And what is striking about today's gospel is the repeated emphasis on Jesus as the good shepherd who willingly lays down his life for us. Our, community, our communal identity is shaped by the Paschal mystery. We are encouraged to pray for the strength and courage to lay down our lives as, God, as did the Good Shepherd. We all will die. But how we, not, how we live out the days of our lives will be the measure of our following Jesus. We are encouraged not so much to die for Christ, but to live for Christ. Father Bill was a pastor. He had a shepherd's heart for his people, his flock. In the video that was shown yesterday at the end of the prayer service, which was a video of him being interviewed a couple years ago, he said that as a Jesuit, his only experience as a priest was mainly you know, teaching. But when he became a pastor, and the first time he went to the hospital to anoint someone who was dying, or he went to the home of a family who had just lost someone to pray for them, in that transition from teacher to pastor, he realized that he had to have a shepherd's heart for his flock, that he had to be a pastor first. He was a good pastor. Amen? Amen. In our first reading today, Peter referring to Jesus says, there is no salvation through anyone else. Was there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are to be saved? Father Bill believed that with all his heart. He preached Jesus and the love that Jesus has for each and every one of us because he cared for each member of his flock. Jesus' references to other sheep and to the one flock in verse 16 underscores the universality and unity which are to characterize the community of believers. In Jesus' day, the other sheep probably referred to the poor, the tax collectors, the sinners, those who are on the fringe of society. For the early church, the other sheep may have been the Gentiles and others who had yet to hear the good news. 
As believers in the 21st century, we are challenged to examine whom we regard as those other sheep. For Father Bill, it was those suffering from addictions to alcohol and to drugs. He touched a lot of people through his work with AA and through his reaching out to those in need. In verse 10, just before our gospel reading today, Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. It would seem to me that abundant life for sheep doesn't require anything more than to lie down and eat in green pastures and to drink still waters and to be protected from predators. Abundant life for us is a little more complicated. We need food and drink. We need restful sleep. But perhaps more than anything else, for an abundant life, we need to know that we are loved that we are worthwhile people. The abundant life is not so much about things we may have, but about the loving relationships we experience with others, and especially with God. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. For John, Jesus' death is the ultimate sign of his love for us. Taking this image a little further, as a former livestock buyer, I know that sheep can be pretty dumb animals. <laughs> sheep are followers. If one sheep wanders off, the rest of the sheep will follow him. If he jumps off a cliff, the rest of the sheep will jump off the cliff. You can't herd sheep like you can cattle. And I was talking to a livestock hauler one time, you know, drives those big 48-foot you know, livestock trailers. He hauled a lot of sheep. You know how he got them under the truck? He had a trained goat, he called it Judas goat. <laughs> the goat would walk onto the trailer and the sheep would follow it <laughs> to their death my brothers and sisters there's a lot of Judas goats in the world today calling out to our young people trying to lead them astray Father Bill knew that he reached out to the young people on this campus he drew them in because he was a shepherd he had a shepherd's heart that was Father Bill You know, we as human beings may do some really dumb things sometimes, but we aren't dumb as sheep. We may smell really bad at times. <laughs> but for us, sometimes dumb and smelly people, for us, we can get that way when we refuse to listen to the, our shepherd, Jesus Christ. But the amazing thing is Jesus loves us so much but he gave us his life for us. And like the shepherd who takes the fangs of the attacking wolf to protect the sheep, Jesus took the pain and the death that should have been ours because of our disobedience and sin. We live because he has died. He was raised so that our lives might be abundant ones. He came so that we might know and live in the love of the good shepherd whose goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. For the moment of our being born, and our new birth in water and spirit to our last day on earth. Even if sometimes in between those times we act like dumb, smelly sheep, we're always loved and cared for and forgiven by the Good Shepherd. The first letter of John today reminds us that we are children of God. Father Bill was the children of God. At the beginning, we, the bishop sprinkled holy water on Father's casket, and a white pall was placed over the casket to remind us 
of Father Bill's baptism, and that when he was baptized, a double mark was placed on his soul, identifying him as a child of God, a mark that could never be erased. The processional cross led us in. Father Bill had lots of crosses that he carried throughout his life. One night in Memphis, after Mass, we went to Keith's restaurant for dinner, and he shared with me some of his life. He shared with me about the eight years that he was away from the church and from the priesthood, about living on the streets, about his struggle with, drug, with alcohol, and how he lived in a one-room apartment, and he, he did day labor jobs trying to, to, to keep sustaining himself and his habit. That was a terrible cross that he carried. We had the Easter candle representing the light of Christ. As we look at the Easter candle, as we look at all the people here today, we know that the light of Christ in Father Bill's life has shone forth and touched us in a special way. The Good Shepherd is the one who calls us by name, who knows us intimately, and who lays down his life for us. The Good Shepherd is a beautiful revelation of the God who, tell, who, who lets it rain on the just and the unjust and sends sunshine on the good and evil. The Good Shepherd is the God of Jews and Gentiles, the God of rejects, lepers, and thieves, the God of alcoholics and addicts, the God of you, me, and them, the God who knows all of us by name. He is the God of all humanity, and we need to retreat one another, and we need to treat one another with the same love and respect which with, with which he treats us. A little girl reciting the 23rd Psalm began, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. <laughs> Think about that. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. You know, she may have got the wording wrong, but she had the theology right. <laughs> all Father Bill wanted was Jesus the good shepherd and to share the love of Jesus with his flock. Yesterday afternoon, we heard lots of testimonies about how Father Bill had touched the lives of the college students here at Truman. Time and again, we heard how students, especially freshman students, came to Truman, and they would be homesick and afraid, and how Father Bill, being the good shepherd that he was, would reach out to those students and draw them in. I heard that over and over again yesterday afternoon. Plus, there's hundreds of posts on Facebook. I went to share just a couple with you. Seventeen and a half years ago, I found myself in a new city and a new school among strangers once again. The first Sunday of the school year, I went to Mass, and after Mass, I asked the priest if he could meet with me and we could say a prayer in memory of my father on the anniversary of his death. Little did I know that in remembering the father I had lost, I would gain the father I needed. He changed my life. Father Bell would stop traffic for anyone in need. The world needs a million more like him. Another one, Father Bell was a true shepherd of his flock. He cared for his sheep, always leading them to Christ and his church. I pray that we will, through the grace of God and his infinite love and mercy, meet again. Father Bill is and was a beautiful soul who spread his beauty everywhere. The impact he made among the students here and the people of Kirksville is incalculable. Since November 1989, Father Bill has lived in the Kirksville community, sharing Jesus and ministering to recovering alcoholics and addicts, as well as those in search of recovery. And like a shepherd going after the lost sheep, he reached out to those who were lost and touched their lives. In the words of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depth. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, 
and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people don't just happen. Father Bill's eight years of living on the street, struggling with his addictions, helped him, helped form him into the loving, caring person that he became. His pain, his struggles, his finally hitting bottom, and, his final, and finally his surrender to God opened him up to God's grace. Now, I can't think about Father Bill without thinking about God's amazing grace and how if a person will be open to that grace and allow God to work in a person's life, how amazing and awesome is the change that will take place in that life. These are Father Bill's words spoken during his celebration of his 40th anniversary to the priesthood two years ago. He said, God's amazing love, expressed so wonderfully by his people, has done for me what I could not do for myself. The image on the prayer cards is so appropriate, the image of the prodigal son. For those eight years, God the Father watched for Father Bill to come back. And finally, when Father Bill surrendered and said, I can't do it on my own, God the Father saw Father Bill from a long ways off and ran to embrace him and welcome him back. God's love picked Father Bill up when he was down, picked him up, stood him up, cleaned him up, and then used him to share that love with others. God's love did for Father Bill what Father Bill couldn't do for himself. God's love can also shine through us when we are willing to be open to God's grace and to act without thinking about ourselves. I want to share a story with you that happened during World War II. It was about a cathedral in England that was damaged by the German bombers. And after the war was over, some German college students went to that town to help rebuild that cathedral. And in front of the cathedral was a life-size statue of Jesus, which had been damaged. And so they went about fixing the statues, and they got all restored except they couldn't find the hands. See, that statue had had a plaque that said, with arms outstretched, come unto me but they couldn't find the hands to put back on the arms. And so they decided to leave the arms as it was, with no hands, and they changed the plaque to read, Jesus has no hands but yours. Jesus has no hands but ours, and Father Bill understood that. And now I want us to think now about Father Bill's hands, the hands of the sacrament of holy odors. I want us to think about that day when his bishop anointed those hands and sent him forth to love and to serve. Think about all the babies his hands have baptized. Think of the children his hands have prepared for First Communion and Confirmation. Think of the hundreds of homilies his hands have written, words that taught the truth of our Catholic faith. Think of the countless times his hands have been held up, blessing and, for, and forgiving in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Think of all the masses which he took plain bread and wine into his hands and changed them into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Think of, his, of the hands, our hands, into which he placed his precious body and the cup of his precious blood. Think of the retreats, missions, the days and nights of renewal that his hands have prepared. Think of the people his hands have gathered and touched and sent forth from these experiences with a new understanding and love for each, and, uh, each other and for our Catholic Church. Think of the hands, young and nervous, which his hands have joined in the sacrament of marriage. Think of the sick and mind and body that came to him seeking help and left with hope alive in their hearts again. Think of the dying bodies his hands have anointed into paradise. 
When you think of Father Bill, think of those hands of his and remember how they fed us the bread of life, how they brought hope back into our lives, how they comforted us, healed us, and welcomed us home to our church again. We wish, you could take, we, wish we could take you by the hand today, Father Bill, and stand at the business intersection in town and shout to the world, look everyone, this is our beloved priest in whom we are well pleased. Thank you for faithfully loving and serving us. At his death, as his health continued to fail, he continued to lay down his life for others. This past year, I got several calls from him. Whenever he had a wedding, he would call and ask if I could be there to help him. And the next question was, could I do the rehearsal? But his health was deteriorating. He, you know, he'd show up at the wedding with a poor old bottle of oxygen and a tall stool to sit on because he didn't have the strength to stand the whole ceremony. He kept serving, he kept laying down his life for his flock to the very end. Two weeks ago, last Saturday night, I saw him in a diner at the Jesus House Banquet. You know, he'd just been through a week of chemo and radiation, still serving, still being the good shepherd. So today we praise Jesus as the good shepherd. We thank him for still giving us priests who are good shepherds and that they lay down their lives for others. Today is World Day of Prayer for Vocations. We pray today for more men and women to hear God's call to the priesthood, religious life, and permanent diaconate, to answer God's call to be shepherds, to be good shepherds. But we must never forget that we are all called to the same thing, to be good shepherds and to lay down our lives for one another. You and I are invited in this time of Easter to renew our personal relationship with Jesus. We're invited to deepen our knowledge of all that, hap all that happened in him and through him. And we're invited to walk with Jesus on the way and give our lives for others. That is the best gift we could give Father Bill, to walk with Jesus, to love as Jesus loves us, to give our life for our friends. I want to close with Father Bill's favorite prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the change I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships and pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and the next. Amen. I smile.